welcome to the Park Road Podcast for December 23rd, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Steen at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Get a Grip. I still have two more presents to buy while facing the traffic and the parking situation, meaning there are no parking spaces at the mall, at least there were not yesterday, at all. Get a grip, Amy. I have not wrapped one gift, not one. Get a grip, Amy. I look back over the last month of parties and worship and gatherings and mission opportunities, and then I remember why I feel tired. It's been a lot of good stuff, but no matter how great it's been, it's still been a lot. Get a grip, Amy. I have so much food to prepare to contribute to two family meals. And I have not gone to the grocery store yet. And there will not be parking spaces at the Harris Teeter either. Get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip. Laundry needs folding, except for the multiple loads yet to be washed. And then they will need to be folded. Get a grip, Amy. And we are down to one and a half worship services yet to lead before we can just be family and not church. Get a grip. And Christmas will be so different on so many levels this year because just like many of your families, my extended family has issues. Disappointments and sadness and sorrow and grief about things known and things unknown to others. So get a grip, Amy. It's what we do. As human beings, we spend a large portion of our lives getting a grip. Everybody is doing this. I love it when I feel connected to you. Because life is difficult and confusing and tiring and overwhelming and disappointing and frightening. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And in the midst of all of that, life is also, also joyful and fun and wonderful and mesmerizing and hopeful and energizing and full of possibility. And the biblical story when we read it with eyes to, ear, to, eyes to see and ears to hear, is but a reflection of every people in every time and their and our story of life with God. Surely Mary's song is showing us that truth. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of this servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. 
God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to all of the descendants forever. Mary exudes hope, but she does not back down from telling the truth. She names the hard realities of the plight of the poor and our responsibilities in the effort with God to turn the world upside down. Surely she must have been filled with all of the expectant possibility that comes with an impending birth of a baby, all the while wondering if indeed she is cut out for this. I like to think that in the midst of her song, lovely as it is, that she was muttering to herself under her breath, get a grip, Mary, get a grip. A large responsibility awaits you, Mary, being the mother of this baby boy who will end up changing the world. She will flee with her family to protect her baby from King Herod's murderous rampage because any good parent flees danger to protect their child. Get a grip, Mary. She will become distraught when her young boy gets lost and they cannot find him anywhere. Get a grip, Mary. When he starts hanging out with a motley crew, get a grip, Mary. When he leaves her to start his life's work that will have him on the go way more than at home, get a grip, Mary. When people start following him around and crowding in on him, get a grip, Mary. When people start saying mean things about him and misunderstanding what he's trying to do in the world, get a grip, Mary. And when he is turned over to authorities and beaten and killed simply because he pro proclaimed a message of such good news, and yet the powers and principalities could not handle that kind of good news because they were looking for a king and not a servant, get a grip, Mary. But I've gotten ahead of myself in the story. Not even born yet. It's enough to just be awaiting the birth of a child that everybody just needs to get a grip. And so Mary's song begins with a prelude of praise. And then the verses of her melody dig deep to the heart of all the issues to give us some perspective about what's really important in life. And she concludes her tune with a gentle reminder about a promise that God had made to Israel, to Abraham, and to all of the descendants. And so I've been pondering all week, what is this promise of God of which Mary sings? And I thought of these verses from Romans. We read them at every single graveside service when we do a funeral. 
But I've realized these are not words for the dead. These are words for the living. So to the church at Rome, Paul writes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jim Wallace of the Sojourners community in Washington, D.C. says, this remarkable passage from Romans is uplifting because it describes the unshakable promise of God. The context of these verses is important, though. Paul assumes that weakness and conflict and hardship are normal for the Christian life, and for that matter, for the human life. It's Americans that have a hard time understanding that and assuming that adversity is abnormal and should be avoided. In fact, Wallace says the goal of American Christianity is to get out of adversity and into security. We believe in the God of the quick fix who will make us happy, prosperous, and protected. We are forever wanting to get out of our bad feelings, insecurities, and weaknesses, and we want to move into strength and security and control. And we ask God to help us to take our problems away. So we seek the book, we seek the speaker, we seek the counsel, we seek the experience, we seek a prayer that will get us out of any difficult situation. Wallace says, that is a false gospel. For Paul, adversity is a part of life, and especially part of the Christian life lived in conflict with the world. Success, according to this passage, is not the avoidance of adversity, but knowing the love of God in adversity. The promise made by this passage is not that God will remove the difficulties of your life, but that God will love you through the difficulties of your life. If you are hoping for a Christmas message on this last Sunday of Advent that would make everything better, happier, and more ho-ho-ho-jolly, then you'll have to be able to hear Mary's song as one of reality. Life is hard. Bad and terrible things happen. Frederick Beatner put it this way, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. 
Mary's Christmas Carol says that sometimes it seems like everything is turned upside down and sideways and every which way and that the way that the world views success and fulfillment is not at all how God sees success and fulfillment. Today's two verses at the end of her song is like a coda. Musicians know what a coda is. In a piece of music, the coda is the concluding passage of a piece or a movement typically forming an addition to the basic structure of the whole of the song. It's like the part that's tagged on at the end to give you something a little different to hear, like a cleansing of the piece or a culmination of the piece or a conclusion that just has a little more oomph to the song. So Mary's coda is, Remember God's promise to Abraham and all of the descendants. I actually think that a contemporized translation of Mary's Coda would be, people, get a grip. God is with you. God promised this to Abraham. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. There's responsibility with that blessing so that you will be a blessing. And throughout both the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament, we are reminded again and again and again of two main things. We cannot forget these and yet we do and so you've come here today for me to remind you of two main things fear not you know I wanted to say it the other way <laughs> fear not for those of you that are new I will tell you the story later fear not and God is always with us. Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The prophet Isaiah, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Deuteronomy, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. God will not leave you or forsake you. The Gospel of Matthew has Jesus saying, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we read from Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God. This Sunday's Advent word, this Sunday's Advent candle is love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The only way for us to learn to sing Mary's song is to get a grip. We all have stuff. And if you don't have stuff, just wait. You're going to get stuff. So get a grip. 
Did you read the opening meditation from Barbara Brown Taylor printed in your bulletin? It's what launched me into seeing the ending of Mary's song the way I have. She says, it's a hard thing to believe in a promise. It's a hard thing to believe in a promise with no power to make it come true. Everything is in the future tense. Everything will happen by and by, but in the meantime, what is there to live on now? And yet, what better way to live than in the grip of a promise? And a divine one at that. The promise of Mary's song is that God is always with us, always has been, is, and always will be with us in joy and in sorrow, in fulfillment and in disappointment, in contentment and in anxiety, in hope and in despair, in peace and in conflict, in joy and in pain, because that's what love looks like. That's what love looks like. Love shows up and love remains with us in the midst of all your stuff, good and bad. Nadia Boltz Weber, that tattooed, pierced, rebel preacher, says, there is a reason that Mary is everywhere. I've seen her image all over the world in cafes in Istanbul, on students' backpacks in Scotland, in a market stall in Jakarta, but I don't think her image is everywhere because she's a reminder to be obedient. And I don't think it has to do with a social revolution. Images of Mary remind us of God's favor. Mary is what it looks like to believe that we already are who God says we are. We already are who God says we are. So get a grip. You're not alone. You're not alone. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.